0: Philadelphia gym owners are pushing back against new COVID-19 restrictions. CoStar has bought the HomeSnap app, and we've got the biggest turkey of the year next on Tool Time. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. We are back on our Thanksgiving edition of Tool Time. Very exciting. Very grateful for everyone who tunes in. We got some interesting stuff going on. We're gonna hit the fun stuff at the end. Uh, first off, so we got all these new restrictions, right, with with uh, coronavirus in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania. So the big thing I've seen is uh, the Philadelphia Fitness Coalition. Uh, it's a group of gyms that have gotten together and now they are protesting their gyms being closed, and they're getting pretty vocal about it. So what do you think about all this, Sarah?
1: Yeah, um, so there has been um, a lot in the news about this recently. Um, The gyms did put in a lot of safety precautions when they first opened up, um, and they feel as though they've been following the guidelines, keeping people safe, and that it's unfair that they're having to shut down. So I know I personally haven't been to a gym since the shutdown. Um, my husband had been going to one a little bit where, I mean, I think it was very safe. He had to call in like the day before, schedule a time slot. Um, they were really following protocols. But yeah, the gyms are, they're they are pretty angry about it.
0: Well, I mean, these businesses are just getting killed right now. Like that's, that's, that's the issue. And, you know, I, I know for a fact there's people that live in Philadelphia and now they're going to like the gyms on City Line Avenue. So like, what's the point? And... The, the problem here is that there's no data that backs up and says, hey, because of gyms, infections have risen blank. And I know salons are really worried about this, too, and they're one of the cleaner, safer places as well. From what I've seen, there's like a box you work out and it's like taped on the floor, okay. right? Uh, I mean, so they have all the protocols in place. I would argue these places are probably cleaner and safer than what normally has been going on um, and where a lot of the spread is happening. So. Uh, and what, what I like about this is that they're getting together and trying to raise their voice because like some of these gyms aren't gonna open again like, I mean right. I mean they've already had they were like one of the last businesses to open besides restaurants and salons and hairdressers I mean they really got squeezed so and I uh, think a
1: lot of them work on very slim margins to begin with so just point. like just like restaurants you know yeah. like they're they don't have a ton of wiggle room so this is really really killing them
0: so you know what what they're saying and, and this isn't like the only business that, that, that's getting squeezed here. So I think there's two dozen gym owners that are, that are doing this, which, which I like. They've already... Uh, they have uh, some signatures uh, opposing the new restrictions. But, like, restaurants are getting squeezed, too. Like, they have this ridiculous thing going on in Pennsylvania right now. We just talked about this. So after 5 o'clock tomorrow night, you can't go to dinner and have any sort of alcoholic beverage until 8 a.m. the next morning. Right. So, like, apparently... The coronavirus doesn't like the night or likes the night before Thanksgiving, but is okay with the other days surrounding it. Like, I just don't understand. And it it just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I think that the issue is they're picking on these businesses where they think stuff's happening. I don't think anybody really knows.
1: Right. Now, and I'm sure there's a lot of bars and restaurants where the night before Thanksgiving is, like, their biggest night of the year. I mean, it is. there is so much debauchery that goes down. Yes, yes. So... It it really stinks for the business owner and for like the bar owner, but a little bit of me does understand that people would, especially like young like college kids, they're gonna they're gonna try and go out and 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 do what they they want to do there. So, I mean, I do I get it, but it it stinks, you know.
0: Well, yeah, I I mean it, it's the biggest like party night of the year, yeah. right? So now that I have kids, I don't you know I'm I'm like in bed by eight o'clock. But that's uh, <laughs> but the, the the point is, I think that. My guess would be these college kids, they're probably going to be safer going somewhere where it's, hey, you have to sit at this table. True. You have to be spaced out. I was at, um, we went to uh, like a restaurant bar place um, last weekend, and they had plexiglass between every one of the booths. Yeah. Everything's spaced out. Like, you got up without a mask on. Like they, There was one guy that did it. They said, get your mask on right away.
1: Yeah.
0: What's probably going to happen is they're going to go to like a house party or something right. or someone's house where there are no restrictions yeah. there. Where there's a more likelihood to spread the virus so that
1: is that's very true
0: I, you know i mean that, that that's kind of the rub on this stuff and you know these businesses are just getting they're getting killed right now yeah. so um the only funny thing i saw come out of this uh, we were just talking about this so um i got this meme from a buddy of mine happy hour in pennsylvania has now been moved from 8 a.m to 5 p.m on wednesday start early and support your local businesses i'm not saying we should do that i just thought it was pretty funny <laughs> um so I, I wanted to share that with everyone here but like i don't I just don't know how this is going to play out. Like, I mean, right. I, I just don't see an end in sight here until there's some sort of vaccine. Otherwise, we're going to be dealing with this stuff all the time. Right. I agree. And people are angry. I mean, there, there's some angry people out there right now. So yeah. good luck, everyone. Stay safe would <laughs> yes. be my advice. <laughs> so uh, new restrictions, we covered that. So this real estate, this is bigger news than people are making it out to be. And we were actually talking about this with um, some team leaders I know. So CoStar Group, and if you don't know CoStar, um CoStar is a uh, commercial real estate company. They have like the commercial real estate portal, kind of like the MLS, Mm -hmm. but it's not as official as the MLS because it's not backed by the Board of Realtors. So CoStar is acquiring the HomeSnap app for $250 million. So what do you think about all this, Sarah? And maybe explain a little bit about the the app and what it does for people too, because I don't think a lot of people in the consumer world even know what that is.
1: Yeah. Um, also, they were buying this with cash, so. Yeah, 250 crazy. million cash, yeah. <laughs> like, sure, Backed now? up the Brinks truck. <laughs> So, the Homestop app is really, really great. I find it to be very helpful. Um, it includes a lot of the information on it that you would find on the MLS. So, let's say that you have a couple showings lined up with someone, and if you're like me, I like to be as prepared as possible for those showings. Um, you know, have looked at the seller's disclosure, if there's one there prior to going out. But let's say you're on your way to one of the showings and then another listing pops up that they want to see and you need to to get that booked right away. The home snap app gives you a lot of that information that you would be kind of prepping through the MLS to to look at before taking your client out there. So if you have like a couple minutes, if you get there before them and you're sitting in the car, you can get a lot of that information. Um, The seller's disclosure, it'll have sometimes the the plot lines, um, just a lot of the information that you know that your buyer is going to be asking you. So I think it's a very helpful app and um, a good way for them to kind of link that in.
0: So the the app, I mean, having all that on the go, like I've been in that position where I'm like printing stuff out. I mean, you know, I I was selling real estate when you didn't even have like a GPS and I would highlight the map, which was like a whole nother, I I sound very old. Um, But getting all that stuff ready and on the go, what it does, it helps the consumer make a decision quicker, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably helps and especially how fast paced the market is. To me, the big news here is CoStar's got a 35 billion market cap, 32 to 35 billion, depending on where you look. Zillow is the company they're gonna be competing with. And they're only at like a 20 billion market cap. So, you know, looking at that, this is a company that's got a big war chest. They're getting into residential real estate. And, you know, their um, their CEO, Andy uh, Florence, he said that this is gonna enable us to enter a new space and expand the total addressable markets in which they can compete. Um, And they already have like a rental presence with apartments.com, they own that. So to me, we talk about Zillow all the time on this show. This is a big deal. This is going to be real competition for them because it's an equally-sized company. It's a company that has the kind of war chest that Zillow has. They've also been linked with um, acquiring CoreLogic, which is like a real estate data and analytics firm that uh, has a client base of about 1.2 million agents across the U.S. and Canada. To you know, And, and they, you know, they serve as like a tech vendor for a lot of the MLSs where they get a lot of their data. So um, you know, the app probably needs some work. Mm-hmm. to compete with, like, Zillow and Redfin, because you're sure. not getting, like, the consumer portal there, right? Right. This is the start of CoStar saying, hey, we're in residential real estate. We're a threat. Don't mess with us. So this is going to be interesting to see how it plays out, because for a while it's been, like, the tech companies, Zillow and, and Redfin, if you want to call it that. I mean, debatably, they are – well, they're both brokerages now. So, right. Um, but debatably, they're tech companies versus, like, Remax, Coldwell Banker, Realogy – uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, home services, all these like it's usually been like these two kind of competing with each other. Now it's, well, there's a little more competition in the tech space, which that, you know, that, that, that's the biggest competitor for Zillow right now. So that to me sends a big message that it's not going to be the, the Zillow show. Like it has been for a while. Right. And there's a lot more competition. Yeah, I agree. So what'll be interesting to be is like, what kind of fees is are going to charge? Like, how's all that going to work? So you know, to me, if you're like a like a real estate agent right now, like let's bring it back to the people watching, like you gotta build your brand. You gotta focus on your business, you gotta work on the people that you know. I mean, all the things we've talked about here, to me it's even more important because there's just more tech disruption, and these people got a lot more money than like the two billion that was invested in VCs. This is two hundred and this is a thirty two billion market cap company. Yeah. So, big news. May not a little under the radar. Very interesting <laughs> stuff. So Turkey of the year, right? So I had to explain this to you. Yeah. Um, and if you ever watched like PTI or these other shows, they think of like, oh, who made like the dumbest, who was like the biggest turkey of the year? Like what a turkey, you yeah. know what I mean? So.
1: I was sh- thinking that we were going to be saying like the best way to make a turkey. Well, and We can talk about scary. that too. I'd brine it, but. Brine you know. it? Okay. Yeah. You
0: know. <laughs> I usually cook it in the oven. I do agree brining's pretty good. Deep frying, a little dangerous, also yeah. very delicious. What's your favorite Thanksgiving side? What, 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 what do you, what's your go-to?
1: Man, I really like stuffing. Um, I was introduced to a carrot casserole several years ago. Never had that before, and now I really love it. It's It's great. So what about yours? So that,
0: sounds, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, like, sweet potato souffle is pretty good. Um, you know, stuffing, like, you know, there's so many carbs. Like I, I just feel disgusting I I at the end. It. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's very cool. So, um, I the sweet potato casserole. Like if you get like the brown sugar on the top, but yeah. it's like it's you got to make it like a like, it's not a casserole. It's almost like a whipped sweet potato because you put mm-hmm. like some other ingredients in, like some eggs, that sort of thing. It's a little fluffier than just like a giant sweet potato. Right. So that usually goes pretty good. I also like homemade cranberry sauce yeah. and homemade gravy. Like if you're putting that on the turkey, like. And I, I really only like dark meat. I'm not really a big uh, white meat kind of person.
1: I know. I, I prefer the dark meat also. Um, but, yeah, it's – I usually take, like, a little bit of both.
0: You need more gravy on the white meat. You do. Is, is the you deal. Do. So, All right. Biggest turkey of the year. So, you came up with somebody. Um, yes. Mine's not as fun as Sarah's, so we'll go first. And, you know, I, I feel like the, the, the people that were making decisions with the way all these restaurant openings were handled – I have just been seeing restaurant after restaurant close, and it, 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 it's heartbreaking. Like, the Grey Lodge Pub, they've been open 70 years up in northeast Philadelphia. It was like the original beer bar before that was even cool. Like, how many mm-hmm. beer bars have you seen open the past 15 years, right? Right. Like, all, like this was the first one. And yeah. It was like up in Mayfair, and, like, they closed. I mean, there's a lot of places not opening their doors, and I've been reading so many stories of, especially the restaurants in Philly, like, they invested in heaters. They reinforced their deck. They spent all this money on the outdoor dining, and now they can't do it. And, you know, that know. that that's rough. And then Mark Vetri, who's been very um, vocal about this, the way they kind of said, oh, you can open, uh, you can't open now. And that happened, what, like three times over yeah. the summer? And that happened to a lot of other restaurants, too. Well, what they did is they spent money on food. Yeah. They hired staff. They made all these investments. And then they just don't get that money back. Like, it's right. gone. So, unfortunately, the way that the decision-making went with restaurants, if you're going to open them, just stick to a date. Like, don't keep moving it around like right. that. And the outdoor thing's pretty tough because there's—I mean—that's a capital investment. You're not going to get back now. Right. And in the suburbs, you can still do this stuff. So it's just that I, I, you know, I really feel for those people. So not maybe not necessarily a singular turkey, but a turkey of a decision.
1: Gotcha. Good. Yours is Good. a little better. Yeah. So mine is Rudy Gobert with the Utah Jazz. Uh, right before the shutdown, uh, I think it was March 12th at a post-game. Uh, press room uh, little conference he ran around touching all the microphones and saying that he did he wasn't scared and that he didn't think that anything was gonna happen here with the virus and then I believe it was the next day he was diagnosed so.
0: he was the first NBA player diagnosed about that I mean this is ridiculous yeah. like I mean you can't you know if you're in the public eye like that like he's got a he' got a, you know super big contract all that mm-hmm. stuff like I mean you can't go around and just sit and make a joke about things and look what happened I mean right that that is that is a pretty big turkey move that was actually nick's idea as well behind <laughs> yeah. the camera um that was like the first person that came to mind so
1: and even without the virus like don't go around just like touching a bunch of stuff like but i mean obviously the the virus was the big point of it here but like come on
0: <laughs> I, I actually see this is the interesting thing about the virus I, I, people did not take like washing their hands like seriously right. before all this happened like i mean i've been in men's rooms before and you see, and you're like, at like Xfinity Live or a sporting mm-hmm. event. And guys walk in and they don't wash their hands and walk right out. Right. Like those places are filthy. It is yeah. disgusting. So, you know, Rudy Gobert grabbing microphones like this, where people are talking and they're like literally like spitting into the microphone. Yeah. I mean, I've seen some pretty aggressive press conferences <laughs> post game, right? Like I'm talking about practice, like. They're all, like, all these all these sort of press conferences, like, I'm a man, I'm 40. If you're a sports fan, you know what I'm talking about. Sarah's probably like, what in the hell know. is he talking about? <laughs> um, the Allen Iverson one's the practice one. That's, like, the most famous of all time. But, I mean, that, that's just gross. Like you're, yeah. like, you're literally, I mean, you might as well stick your hand in someone's mouth at that point.
1: Right, right. So
0: Pretty extreme example. Turns out, of, it's real. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Got him the next day.
0: That was a bad move. And then that caused him a lot of problems, because the other player on, on the Jazz, like, he was... Apparently, he was being very casual around the locker room, too. And this was March 12th. And when, when did everything shut down? It was like the 16th or something, I want to say? Yeah, right around there. And um, he, they uh, said he was being very casual around the locker room. the other star on the Jazz was like, they didn't talk for a couple months during the shutdown. Like, that can ruin a team's playoff chances. That can, sure. that can cause major problems. So, Rudy Gobert, you win the award. Turkey.
1: <laughs>
0: the odds of him watching this, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> so, everyone, happy Thanksgiving. Great show this week, Sarah. Catch you guys next week. Thanks for watching.